Well, it's a hot one in Nashville, Tennessee today. We are. It's me, Zebo, and Mike Miracles. We are in from training camp. Uh, what is this? Day six. Day five. Day five. Practice five. I guess. Uh, Wednesday, July thirty first. Uh, we. I was on the sidelines. Mike was uh, in the in the press area mingling and getting some uh, good info. So we wanted to get into the recording studio and hit you with some stuff real quick that we saw. Follow us on uh, on Twitter at FWordsPod at, and at Mike Miracles. I have a really extensive thread of videos. Mike also has a bunch of different videos from his time there. Um, so let's get right into it, Mike. Uh, let's start with the rotations that you saw today that were of interest. Let's start with the most interesting one. We saw Corey Levin uh, take the start at center and we saw that Ben Jones had moved to right guard, which we've seen before in a game. Uh, I think it was the Houston game last year, the uh, second Houston game. Jets. Was Jets. it the Jets game? Yeah, it was Jets. Okay. Um, what is your takeaway besides that we've seen them kind of mess around with this? I didn't see any drop off between the change from Corey Levin to Ben Jones compared to other days. What did you see? Yeah, I, I mean, so I think this is actually the fifth different interior line combination that they've had or that they've tried in as many days with the first unit. So uh, the first day, I believe it was Jones Pomfiel at center and right guard. And then we had Jones Douglas, uh, that's Jamil Douglas. Uh, and then we had Jones Davis. Um, I think we've seen some Stinney maybe uh, on one of the days that Saffold was out, he was uh, in there. And then um, of course today we get Levin Jones. So, they're obviously tinkering with that center right guard group. It seems like Conklin, uh, Saffold, and Kelly, at least for the, the first four games, will be pretty much locked in, which is what everyone expected. But, um, yeah, it, they're just kind of tinkering, and I think it's hard to say. You know, I, I, This is the first one that I've been to personally. Um, it's hard to say how this group did compared to any other groups. And plus it's really hard to judge line play at, at camp, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of options that they're looking at and I don't think we're going to get any clarity anytime soon. I think Rabel talked about that after practice, uh, that they don't have, that there's not any real urgency for them to settle on a combo there, uh, in the near future. So I think this is going to go into the preseason and, and probably, uh, you know, at least a couple games in the preseason before we really start to see them narrow in on on who they want to play those roles uh, when the regular season get here gets here. Now, you've kind of been a proponent of Corey Levin and Ben Jones, you know, switching off here and there, and some people think that Corey Levin's really bad. Your overall assessment, what what is right now, from what you've seen, from what you read, do you think is the ideal starting five? I, I think... For me right now, the best starting five would be Lawan, Saffold, Jones, Pomfiel, Conklin. And, okay. I mean, that's kind of chalk, but um, I, I do think that's probably your best starting five right now. Yeah, it looked like they gave Marcus plenty of protection in the uh, drills, uh, the big 11-on-11s and stuff. So, I, I think today, I, I don't know if all this mixing around is really going to get you a clear answer until we get into preseason. Um, but it is interesting. It is good to know that they are willing to try every which way to protect Marcus while Lawan is gone. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Uh, I thought an interesting thing was the running backs. Uh, Flu was involved a lot uh, yep. today, but also Jeremy McNichols got a lot of first-team reps. And when we were talking on the sideline kind of before camp got started, you noticed how much bigger McNichols was when he started. What do you get the sense with the – how many running backs are we going to keep? Is McNichols going to stay on the team? What What's your sense there? So I'm writing about this right now, but um... – I do think that the Titans are going to end up keeping four running backs. That's that's just my guess, and the main reason I believe that is because of the work they're getting out of David Fluellen at fullback. So, I mean, obviously, if you kept three running backs and one of them was Fluellen and your plan is Fluellen's going to be our primary fullback, you're really putting yourself in a spot where if one of Henry or Lewis goes down – you're really, really thin all of a sudden. I mean, you've basically got one running back, and unless you want to pull Fluellen off of his fullback duties and slide a tight end over there or something like that, you're really going to start to hamstring yourself. Um, I I have a hunch that they're going to keep four. I, I That's just my opinion. I think McNichols is probably the likely favorite uh, for that spot. And I'll say this, I, I've been a big Alex Barnes guy um, coming out of college and everything like that. Not very impressive today, I didn't think, and I'm I'm selling my my Alex Barnes stock right now. He's pretty clearly the last running back in the in the group right yeah, now. I got the same sense, and I, I was sitting there watching McNichols and Fluellen both perform well today. Yeah, Dalen Dawkins had a nice run. Yeah, too. and they, they were kind of involved a lot as well in other drills with the first team with Marcus in particular. Um, that. I walked away with thinking that there's going to be four running backs on this team. And yeah. I think that Flu, who I have been on the record as very down on, <laughs> looks great as a fullback, looks great as a pass catcher in that. And that's kind of what we need from uh, the fullback position is someone that can also be a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Barnes, yeah, well, totally unimpressive today very surprised i will i will say this he's a lot bigger in person he's as a well big guy for sure and um and we may see something totally different out of him once preseason rolls around and and people actually start having to tackle these guys to the ground right but yeah it's uh it was not i didn't think a great day from him no uh now i didn't pay too much attention to the defensive line but you did and you want to talk about their rotation T- tell us a little bit about that yeah so um i think you know no Jarrell casey no jeffrey simmons right now obviously and those are probably you know going to be your top two guys whenever both are healthy casey will be back obviously much sooner than simmons but uh, with those guys out, it was mostly, it looked like Daquan Jones at nose tackle um, is what I saw a lot of. And then Brent Urban and I think uh, Austin Johnson was manning the other defensive end spot in base defense. And then from what I saw, it looked like mostly Brent Urban staying on the field in their nickel packages in uh, Austin Johnson coming off. So I think it's currently the rotation is something like Urban and Jones and then Austin Johnson, and then the next guy up seemed to be Braxton Hoyt, who's a undrafted free agent. But um, that's that's kind of what the D-line rotation looks like at the moment. But I, I just thought it was interesting. I thought Brent Urban was really impactful today. He had uh, one play that looked like it would have been either a quick sack or at least a quick pressure uh, where he got inside of, I believe it was, um, I believe it was Aaron Stinney uh, that he got the better of on that play. But... Um, 
no, I'm sorry. It was Kevin Pomfield. Kevin Pomfield, uh, he, he beat on that play. But, um, I, yeah, I thought Brent Urban looked like a guy that can help this team for sure. Uh, real quick, uh, did you catch the fight or a little bit of the, the it was kerfuffle? A, yeah, the kerfuffle. Uh, probably a kerfuffle. It was yeah. a brief skirmish. Yeah. It looked like, what, Kenneth Durden and uh, maybe Tolliver? Yeah, or, it was the uh, – no, uh, Hollister. Hollister. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Ro- Roberson, who – I kind of expected to hear more of yeah. uh, for, as a day-to-day training camp kind of guy who he ended up breaking it up yeah. and calming it down. And um, Vrabel pointed that out as something that really goes a long way with this team. Yeah. Do you, Are you kind of surprised we're not hearing more about him? Because a lot of people thought he was going to go in the draft. Yeah, I, I still – so. I had, uh, you know, basically my UDFA guys that that I'd kind of earmarked were Barnes, which is not off to a great start, Ratliff Williams, and uh, Roberson. And I still think Roberson has a chance to make this roster. He plays uh, special teams, which matters. Uh, it really matters at the spot that he's trying to get on um, here. And, yeah, I think it's hard for a pass rusher to truly stand out in – these practices where they're not allowed to sack the quarterback you know they just get near them and yell sack basically is is what they do, what they're allowed to do but they're trying to stay away from the quarterback and not getting their feet or, or anything that might hurt the 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 passer um so i'm not shocked that roberson hasn't really jumped out just yet but i'm really going to be intrigued to see what he looks like in preseason action when when the lights come on because i still believe in his talent um and the fact that he's getting some recognition for something like that from Vrabel early on is, is certainly a good sign. A uh, lot to talk about with the pass catchers today. Cam Batson went on IR with a broken collarbone. Yeah, and that's that's really too bad. The he was having a pretty nice camp. He won an off-season yeah. award, so that that's very unfortunate for him. He kind of started looking like a lock that he was going to make the team. I think he was going to make the team, and he may still end up having a spot once he comes off of IR. The I have down uh, about four different players today that kind of have been stepping up, uh, and then a few that stepped up just today. But Khalif Raymond has been a guy that, uh, Marcus seems to be able to have a good rapport. He did in practice. Uh, Tannehill kind of overthrew him. Um, but Khalif has been making some nice catches. He did a mm-hmm. sick double move on Deon- uh, DeAndre today. Yeah, I, I got a video of that one up on uh, on Twitter. That's, yeah. That was a nice move. And he he made a few nice catches in uh, team period, too. So Anthony Ratliff towards the end, he had a great catch yep. from Logan Woodside. That's on that's on the Twitter thread. Yeah, the but then, ball skills with him are very yeah. real. Yeah, and Darius Jennings and uh, Poppy White were two other names. They each had one play apiece. Uh, Logan Woodside, we'll get into the quarterbacks any later, a little bit later, but he hit Poppy White, who I assume is Poppy White is wearing number twelve now since Cam Batson's on IR. And he's the newest wide receiver that was signed today. Uh, he hit him, and the crowd went, "Ooh!" Is one of those. It was the yeah. first one of the day. But Darius Jennings caught one, and if that had been a real game, he would have been he would have broken a, a tackle or two, and yeah. he would have been in the end zone. And it was a really nice uh, drop in by I believe is Ryan Tannehill at the time. Yeah, I, I thought Jennings had a really good practice today, and and he um, he's one of those guys. That, so I think. Let's kind of lay out the wide receiver stack right now. So you've obviously got Davis and you've got Humphreys, who I think are 
kind of clearly one two um in the wide receiver pecking order and then you've got uh Tajay Sharp is the guy that's really running with the ones right now he's probably your third starter at least until AJ Brown can wrestle that spot away from him um and then Taewon Taylor and um I think the next guy might have been Raymond out of that next pack yeah um, I think I think Khalif was running a lot with the Tannehill second team yeah, offense. With the twos. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of him. I think it was Raymond, um, Ratliff Williams, and uh, Hollister were probably the next uh, group out there. Um, one of the other new guys, and I, I think so. Let me let me kind of put a pin in this. Um, group so I, I think you've got the five right you you know you've got davis humphreys sharp brown taylor I, I think they're those guys are all making team even though taylor had a bad day today and we can talk about that here in a little bit but um i think those guys are making the team and then you've got one more spot and it needs to be a guy that returns kicks uh, to me um so i i think raymond uh khalif raymond anthony ratliff williams and Darius Jennings are your three guys that are really competing for that spot. And I think it would have been Batson's spot had he not gotten hurt. Maybe it, it will end up being later in the season. I agree with you. And and there's a lot of people out there that are riding the ARW train. And mm. I'm not yet ready to jump on it. But he is a guy that can be, help you in special teams. I'm not sure if how in practice how he's been used right, quite yet or not. But... He, I, he was back there returning kicks today, I saw. Oh, but, was he? Yeah. Um, but that catch that he made was just – it was, nice. it was it, To me, it was the best catch of the day. And, I mean, people may say the Corey Davis one over there on the other side, and I, I got like, to hear that. I like the Davis one but a little I bit But I think better. I like the ARW one. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Taewon and his issues that he's had. Uh, I had a good view of the Taewon deep ball – in person, it may yeah. not look that great on the video, but um, the one from Tannehill one where from, he split the the sea or split yeah. the safeties, yeah, right. And it was the it seems to be the problem that you have with Taewon, and I don't really remember the last time the the time I can remember that Taewon caught a ball in stride with his speed and went straight into the end zone untouched when he was ahead. It seems like he always stops short or stop, kind of stops his momentum. And that's kind of what it looked like that he did on this, and then Tannehill overthrew him, but it looked like he just doesn't finish his routes. It, it looked like a perfect ball. From my angle, it looked like a perfect ball from Tannehill, and that was, I mean, that was a bomb. I thought it, I thought it was going to be catch and go. Yeah, and, and Taylor had him beat. I mean, he, yeah. was, he was clear, and that's the thing that's frustrating with him is that he's one of the few guys on the team that can get deep behind the safeties like that, but, you know, he just – he seems to struggle tracking the ball and you know the other thing on that one he goes to make the catch over his head or you know out in front of him and he puts his arms out but they're like three feet apart and the ball goes like right between his hands and it's it's frustrating to see that kind of stuff from him and you know I've I've long been a proponent of him having a role on this team and I still do believe that I don't think you're ever going to see him be a top two wide receiver on an NFL team. I think his best role is exactly what he's going to be this year, which is a gadget deep ball guy that you put in on first and second down every now and then 
and let him run your play action shot plays. And I mean, he's a good enough blocker. That's one thing he does actually do pretty well. Um, that you can put him on the field in the running game and, and then you can throw play action shots to him on first and second down. And I think that's what his role needs to be on this team. Uh, he, he, in the, uh, 11 on 11 drills, I believe it was Tannehill hit Taewon right in the hands. I mean, just, he was was open. There was nobody around him and Taewon just dropped it. And then the very next play, they go back to Taewon, which is a good sign for Taewon that they don't, they they keep wanting to give him chances. Yeah. And he makes a great play on the sideline. So I just the inconsistency is insane and it's it's a it's it's kind of crazy. Uh let's talk about Tajay. He did nothing to really separate himself. No, Tajay is just gonna be the guy that gets his snaps and his position snaps as a wide receiver. In twelve personnel, he's the other outside receiver opposite Corey Davis currently. Maybe. maybe. I don't yeah. I don't currently as how it's looked in practice, I I, yeah. I think when AJ Brown comes back, there's a totally different story. I, I think you'll see Humphreys get a lot of those snaps. Too. Uh, well, I, I didn't see it a lot today, but yeah, I mean yeah. I, I would not be surprised either. But Tajay just does everything that you want, but he doesn't do anything exceptional. But yeah. he did have one great pass or one great catch today. But it wasn't anything that he was open. Yeah, I mean, and there's, which is very which, shocking. Which is rare, yeah. and that's the problem. So, Taewon and Tajay are inconsistent in very different ways. I mean, Ta- Taewon is open all the time. Like he's he has no problem creating separation. But it, you know, when you throw on the ball, it's whether or not he's going to catch it. Tajay is hardly ever open. That that's his problem is that he gets ate up with man coverage and especially on. Uh, against cornerbacks like Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson, there's just nowhere to put the ball. And, you know, he's not big and strong enough to really fight through uh, physical coverage. He's not fast enough to separate from from corners. It it makes it tough for him to really contribute to the offense when they're in man coverage. So, I mean, when he gets the ball and he gets open, he typically catches it and and is fine. But they're both inconsistent in their own way and – all, I really hope that A.J. Brown gets healthy fast. Yeah, if if you're a geneticist and you're listening to this, let's let's get some DNA samples <laughs> and genes from each of these uh, players and try to combine a one competent wide receiver. Tejuan Tarp. Yeah, Tejuan Tarp. Sharpler. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Okay, the quarterback's really not much to report. I think that Tannehill had the better day, but I also think that – his receivers somehow found a way to get open. Yeah. It seemed like Marcus's receivers, for the most part, had pretty good coverage from the uh, first team defense. Yeah, I thought the first team. I thought the first team defense was really strong today. I thought they played really well. Uh, Marcus didn't make any big mistakes. Uh, he had one throw to Davis that looked like he missed him wide, but I couldn't really tell. I wasn't watching Davis on that route. I just caught the tail end of it. I couldn't tell if Davis got grabbed or if it was just a wide ball, but there weren't a whole lot of bad misses. For the most part, I'll say this from the practice reports I've seen so far and today seeing it live, I will say that Marcus looks more accurate than he did for large chunks of camp last year. I think last year he had some really, really bad days. Um but he does look a little bit better. I'll be interested to see Friday when I'm back out there if uh, if that continues. But 
Um, I thought all the quarterbacks were relatively sharp today. And Woodside is 300 times better than oh Luke Falk, gosh. right? Yes. I mean, it's not even a contest. Yeah, that that is I, – I still don't understand how the draft ended up <laughs> – how they ended up taking Luke Falk in the draft is one of the most baffling things to me. Um, maybe he's just a phenomenal interviewer or something like that. But watching him in camp last year and then watching Woodside today, it is night and day as far as arm talent and accuracy and everything else like that. Woodside's much, much better. And I think it's an intriguing storyline to see if Woodside forces him to keep three quarterbacks. Because, I mean, let's be honest – Mariota and Tannehill don't exactly have sparkling track records when it comes to injuries. So do you want to enter the season one hit away from possibly having to sign some quarterback off the street? Can they do they think they can sneak Logan Woodside onto the practice squad? Obviously, that would be the best case scenario if you think you can do that. But if he comes out and shows out in preseason, they may be they their hand may be forced to keep him. So and that would take away a spot from somewhere else, somewhere somewhere else on the offense, probably. You know, I, I will say this: in the full speed practices or the drills that they ran, where everybody's trying to hit and trying to stop, I think Marcus only got allowed uh, only got near one sack that I can remember seeing. Now, I know, some, I know, Landry got him yeah, for sure on that, one. That's probably the one that I. I with your my face being in the camera, there's a lot that I couldn't see yeah. with the glare and uh, my sunglasses on. There was another one that Wake and Vaccaro combined gotcha. to kind of force a throwaway, basically. Um, but I know Landry got him for sure because he yelled out sack right as he uh, came right into Marcus's grill. But I think overall, the offensive line has been performing probably as good as you'd expect with no Lawan out there and yeah. and no chemistry yet to be built among the the front five because you don't know who that is yet I would agree I, I tried to watch Conklin and Davis uh in particular in part because they were on the side of the field that we were on for most of the day um but I thought Conklin looked really good he he I was just about to say that's someone that we should probably bring up we didn't even bring that up and talking just separately but yeah I don't remember any pressure coming off that yeah. side. And he mostly was matched up with Wake and Sharif Finch over yeah. there. So he he um he did a really nice job. I saw him picking up some some stunts and twists. Uh, I thought he did did look really good over there on that right side, which is obviously a good thing to see. And then uh I thought Nate Davis looked pretty good. Um it's hard to see just even in the run game from the sidelines it's just you just see a mass of bodies yeah. so it's really hard to know who really got a good block and who got beat on the inside um but i thought davis in pass protection i watched him a few times he looked pretty good was holding up well so yeah conklin conklin really looked really really good today. I, I i thought he stood out yeah the uh let's talk about let's keep talking about the defense specifically the packages that you saw uh you talked about big nickel big dime I was talking about I saw uh, Kenny Vaccaro uh, lined up almost in the uh, the Malcolm Butler spot, and then Amani Hooker was just he's just everywhere. Yeah, that that guy is going to see serious playing time, and he is just one of those guys that you almost don't watch a defensive play, and if he's on the field, he's around that ball somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah, Hooker's Hooker's going to see real playing time. I think that's pretty evident so far. And Vrabel talked about him a little bit after practice in the uh, press conference, and he mentioned, you know, that he's a guy that to this point has been 
if he makes a mistake and you correct it, he doesn't make the mistake again. So I think that's about as much as you can ask for a, a rookie. And they seem to really like him. I, I think he's definitely ahead of Dane Kirkshank on the depth chart. He's pretty clearly the third safety now. And they are going to play. That's one of my big takeaways. I wrote about it uh, earlier this week with the versatile, switchable kind of defense that the Titans have assembled. And um, I think Hooker's a key component to that because he, he's going to allow them to play some of this big dime and big nickel uh, type looks with with five you know five and six uh, defensive backs out on the field and he gives them an opportunity to be really versatile on defense I was talking to Calvin Smith uh, uh, with 1025 out there a little bit about this and you think about the NFL and how diverse the offenses are going into this year think about the the Cardinals on one extreme you've got the Cardinals air raid system where we're going to see a bunch of four wide and a bunch of pace and spread and, and all this stuff. And then on the other side, you've got the Ravens like 1942 uh, football setup where they're basically going to be running like a single wing with Lamar Jackson back there. You have to build a defense to be able to stop both of those. And the Titans have managed to assemble a really interesting group of players because so many of them can do different things. You know, you think about, uh, Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro, and Amani Hooker, all those guys have the coverage ability of corners and man-to-man coverage, but can also are also big enough and physical enough to step down in the box and actually thump as if they're a linebacker. So you've got three guys right there that can do that kind of thing. I think Logan Ryan plays the run about as well as any corner in the NFL. And then you've got guys at linebacker like Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown and Wesley Woodyard and even uh, guys like Sharif Finch and um, Kamale Correa, who played both off-ball and edge, um, off-ball linebacker and edge at times last year. And it's a really interesting assembly of talent that they have put together. And I think it's going to give them the opportunity to match up with some really wide, with really wide ranges of uh, offenses that they're going to see this year. Um. Uh, yeah, I think that this is just the dream staff paired with the dream players. Like, it's a match made in heaven for everybody that yeah. we have. I mean, Dean Pease and Vrabel, uh, you know, talked about front mu- multiplicity and coverage consistency, and n- now it feels like we got defensive 11-man multiplicity and coverage consistency. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know – it's like whatever is going to be out there across the way, the defense is going to have an answer for it. And it, it, this, the emergence of, of Amani Hooker, the uh, progression of Landry and Finch, you know, we're due for a regression on the defensive side of the ball. Statistically. Statistically. Yeah. That does not mean that, okay, so we're not the top three in the scoring defense, you know does not mean that we have a bad defense. The Vikings in 2017 were the number one scoring defense. And then in last year in 2018, they were the number 10 scoring or number nine scoring defense. Yeah. So I still think we have a, if you're looking purely at scoring defenses, we still have a top 10 defense. Yeah. It may not look that way, but you're going to, I think that us Having a murderer's row of the the uh, NFC South and Andrew Luck, and this is the way to stop Andrew Luck. Yeah, and this is the way to stop 
Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees. We are going to be... It, it may not show in the box score, but we are going to be really, really good on defense this year, I feel like. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And and I thought you know, the packages that we saw today that had Hooker, uh, Vaccaro, and Byard on the field, and I believe there was one package that had those three safeties plus Butler, Ryan, and Jackson, along with, I think it was Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans. It might have been like a uh, almost like a – uh three three two six uh kind of look it was interesting so I, I think we're gonna see some of that and I'm excited to see what they come up with because it, it that kind of alignment I think mean, is all those guys can blitz all those guys can cover um that alignment's gonna give them a lot of flexibility and I, I can't wait to see how they deploy that well, uh, that's about it for our training camp. Now, we're going Friday, and we'll record again on uh, Friday. A little bit of reaction to that as well. Uh, what should fans be looking for in these reports coming out of training camp that you think that may be going a little bit unnoticed? Or what's a storyline they need to pay close attention to? Um, as far as unnoticed, I, I don't know if there's anything that's uh, that's not that's super under the radar right now, but I would say I, you know, keep an eye on the center right guard combinations and see what, what the Titans are leaning towards there. I I think they're going to continue to mix it up. So I I don't know that if you look at a practice report and see that Nate Davis was the starter today, that it means he's the starter now. Um, It just means that he's the starter for that day until you start to see a guy until you start to see them settle on a combination for three, four, or five days in a row, and it's starting to look like it's locked in. So uh, I think keeping an eye on that, keeping an eye on the the receiver rotations, um, I think that battle for that Khalif Raymond, uh, Anthony Ratliff-Williams, Darius Jennings battle is going to be interesting. And then uh, I just want to keep an eye on who else might pop up here out of nowhere because I was thinking about this uh, today. This time last year, or actually even even all the way up to the very uh, the very roster cutdown day, I remember going through and there was not a single person out of so the Titans kept Cameron Batson, Aaron Stinney, uh, Sharif Finch, um, Matt Dickerson, which I meant to mention Matt, Matt Dickerson earlier. He was getting a lot of reps with the ones as well. I think he he seems to be a guy that they really like. And he might factor into that defensive line rotation a little bit more than people are currently uh, expecting. Um, but those out of those UDFA guys, I, I don't think anyone had more than two of them on their 53-man roster proje- projection. So as much as things might seem like, oh, well, we already know who's making the roster and we know who doesn't, there is going to be a surprise or two that happens that kind of bubbles up between now and uh the roster cut down day and i you know i don't know who that might be i I have my own personal guys like roberson and uh i do like ratliff williams quite a bit but i i'm interested to see i did khalif raymond was definitely not on my radar as of a week ago and he is now so yeah i think i think i think for those that are worried about the offensive line if you're looking for hope look at jack conklin's performance because I haven't heard anything bad about Jack Conklin, which n- technically means that he's doing his job. Yeah. And, you know, we almost forgot about talking about Jack Conklin, and 
I think that's something to keep an eye on is the reemergence of all pro Jack Conklin, who for all intents and purposes, I didn't see a tight end on his side at all today. Yeah. And he, and he's, he's working against some stiff competition in Cameron wake, a veteran pass rusher and stuff. So he's handling what he needs to handle. Uh, I'd like to talk about the scrimmage real quick for fans. Um, there's four teams, and they play against each other. Team captains two are... Two teams. Two teams. I, th- I thought there were four team captains. Yeah, there's four team captains, but it's like two captains for one team and oh, two okay. captains for the other. An okay. offensive and defensive captain. Yeah. And then it's uh, Matt Dickerson and Flu, yep. and then Daquan and Marcus. Yep. And you're not... Because they actually pick schoolyard style yes so you're not gonna get anything out of the scrimmage more than likely unless the picks and somehow create matchups that you don't expect or that you that you want to see like if, if for some reason one team picks Corey davis and then malcolm butler is lined up against Corey davis yes then you'll get something from that but yeah. there's a lot of factors go out and enjoy it though yeah it should be a fun night the the big thing is is to go out and enjoy it. There's only one way to get to the uh, stadium, and that is going to be through downtown. They have a bunch of roads for construction blocked off, and they've already announced oh, wow. that it it is only roads only coming in from downtown directly from downtown are going to let you in. So across Korean Vets yeah. and Jefferson Street Bridge. Yeah, gotcha. Park, I employ Whew. you. Park at the Music City Center for the that first is, five hours. Spot. It is super cheap and it's spacious and it's covered parking. Yep. and you can walk straight over uh, the walk the pedestrian bridge. That's good advice. Please do that. So that's some, but as far as that, I think that that wraps it up. Uh, we don't. I don't think we have really anything else to talk about, right? No, I just want to know who Mariota's first pick is going to be in this. Uh, I, I would like for them to release it because they've already picked the teams, I believe. No, right? they haven't. They haven't yet. picked the teams. Mar- Marcus said that it would. They were drafting in the next couple days, I believe. Gotcha. But uh, I'm. I don't know if they probably aren't going to release the order, but I'm fascinated to see which wide receiver uh ends up on Marcus's team. Yeah. You know, is is he going to end up with Davis and Humphreys, or is is he going to end up with one or the other? I I really wish they would. They probably aren't going to tell us, but yeah. I wish they would. Let me ask you this real quick. I know we said we were done. Hump has gotten the best of Logan almost every time they lined up. Hump's feet are amazing. Is is it that Hump is just better, or is Logan Ryan still the injury lingering? I don't think so, because I mean, I, we heard reports earlier this week of Logan Ryan having a really great practice, so. I think I think this is a case of Adam Humphreys is really good and he's extremely tough to cover. I mean, the guy's feet, you could set like your watch by his feet, the way he, he moves. And what I mean by that, he's he the the consistent timing of the way he picks his feet up and puts them down, it's just like every step is completely measured and timed and like it's just he just flows. It's amazing to watch, but um, I I think it's more Humphreys good than than Logan Ryan bad because uh, I mean we we know Logan Ryan's a good player. So um, yeah, I, I I love watching Adam Humphreys play though. I can already tell you he's he's gonna have a big role on this team. Well, that does it for us. Uh, we'll see you guys on Friday after training camp, and we'll talk to you then. See ya, first.